So my clock has just ticked over to the top of the hour, which means that it's time to get started today. So uh, first off, I'd just like to welcome everybody to the Community Matters Conference call. We've got an hour today to talk about art-specific engagement. And these calls are made possible by the folks at the Orton Family Foundation. Um, and we've been running these for a while now, just over a year. Um, and we've had a really great response. And so today we've got two speakers. Um, we've got Barbara Schaefer-Bacon and Marty Pottinger, um, both talking about uh, art-specific engagement. Just before we get started, I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction on, on how we run these calls for anyone that might be new. Um, basically, what we do is ask you to put yourself on mute when you join the call. We're expecting about 80 people, so um, that can get a little rowdy. Um, so we ask that you put yourselves on mute. We also have a, um, a Google Doc available for anyone that's on this call right now, and that link was on the blog post and uh, in the email you received. So you can jump in there, and we use that document as a way of moderating questions and taking notes together. So when you have a question for Marty or Barbara, you can write that down in the questions section, and we ask that you put your name at the end of it, and that way I can see that and uh, call you out and ask you to ask, ask you to take yourself off mute and ask your question and join into the conversation. Um, we'll we'll hand over to Marty and Barbara shortly to do some introductions. Um, after that, we'll open up for questions and discussion for about 20, 30 minutes. And then at the end, we'll focus on some key actions that you'll be able to take after the call. So with that, I would like to hand over. And uh, Marty, I believe you're kicking off with some introductions. Thank Actually, Barbara... I think it's first. me. Uh, this is Barbara Schaefer-Bacon. Howdy. I'm joining the call from Belchertown, Massachusetts, just outside of Springfield and Amherst. And I'm very pleased to be here and join the Community Matters uh, family and this conversation. Uh, it's been my privilege to work at this kind of intersection of community and arts for over 30 years, and specifically through the Animating Democracy Program at Americans for the Arts, to be focused on the work of artists and cultural institutions and community leaders who are looking to apply the arts uh, in ways that can activate citizens, uh, animate conversations, inform, um, and engage. And uh, so my role in this conversation is the generalist. Uh, I have um, really had an opportunity to look across the country at a wide range of projects, and I want to offer us uh, perhaps a framework um, in which we can talk about this work that has lots of names and lots of frames uh, for many people, and um, also to just give some starter examples. As I looked at the uh, list of who's participating in the call today, first of all, there are lots of people who know something about the topic, and so I'm eager to engage in the conversation with you. And um, second, I noticed uh, many people from projects and from uh, communities that uh, have a great track record in this regard. Uh, so I think um, I will uh, just say a moment about uh, Americans for the Arts. Uh, Americans for the Arts is uh, really works to serve and advance the whole network of organizations and individuals, uh, including local arts councils around the country, 
who are creating, presenting, and promoting the arts in their communities. Uh, and uh, so I'm very pleased to be a part of that movement. Um, and um, very often, as communities get involved in wanting to activate the arts uh, in their communities, uh, they um, those that don't have them will often turn to their arts councils or hope to create one. Uh, so the, it's a kind of circle. About 11 years ago, the Ford Foundation supported Americans for the Arts to take um, a sharper look at where the arts were helping to really advance dialogue, particularly civic dialogue um, and community engagement. And that's how Animating Democracy was born. And we have done that work by looking uh, through projects that are intentional in their work to engage citizens, to build the community, uh, and to, uh, in many cases, make change or address social justice issues within their communities. So um, all of our work, um, it, the early work and case studies that um, that are derived from it and a whole body of new work that's more recent is available on the web at animatingdemocracy.org. And this call helps us celebrate the rebirth of our website um, as a more active, uh, example-laden uh, place to really look at the landscape of arts and community change uh, and also um, at ways to think about talking about the impact and what difference the arts make. So I'll encourage you to visit animatingdemocracy.org uh, at some point, and uh, you may pick up some additional stories, um, but especially I invite you to post your own. Uh, we really want to be a place that is a hub uh, for this kind of activity, and um, we invite you to post your own profiles about your work. Uh, so uh, with that, um, um, I'm going to use a frame or suggest that when we talk about community arts, uh, when I talk about community arts, uh, I'm often talking about the kinds of creative activities uh, that are produced um, by professional artists working with community members. Um, and significant uh, elements of that have to do with community access, ownership, and authorship, um, their participation, and who, to whom the projects are accountable. Accountability is a, a key piece of that work. Um, and community arts work, as defined in that way, is perhaps one piece of what some of you may have in mind when you join a call about creative engagement. Um, some of you may be thinking about creative economies and things that are revitalizing neighborhoods and business districts. Uh, you might be thinking about environmental projects that are engaging citizens in addressing uh, brownfields or uh, or neighborhoods that are having difficulty or true or, or deep environmental problems that need uh, some sort of remediation. Uh, you may be thinking about projects that have to do with I increasing people's connectivity to one another, uh, inclusiveness in the community, uh, those kinds of activities as well. And not all projects emanate from the artists and the arts organizations in a community uh, very often, um, all kinds of people are activating and using the creative in their work to make change. Um, Bill Cleveland, who is with the uh, Center for Art and Community out in Seattle, Washington, uh, provided a kind of a frame, a way of thinking or mapping our work in this environment, um, uh, which includes sort of four interlocking circles. 
And those circles, um, he often will describe them as representing sort of four neighborhoods of community activity and community work that the arts are engaged in. Uh, so the first of those is to build and improve, that the arts um, help often to build and improve things to help to really build the community's capacity and its infrastructure. So this might be the uh, the better playground, uh, the cleaned up uh, uh, empty lot. The uh, this could be a public art project. This could be a a project that is helping to build uh, psychological or social capital connections between citizens. Uh, another arena of that work is of this work is educating and informing. Uh, projects that help people learn about themselves, about their neighbors, about the community, about the world. Projects that educate and inform. Uh, projects that inspire and mobilize uh, both individuals and groups. Uh, we talk um, often now about cultural organizing um, in the same frame as community organizing, using specifically creative activity resources and uh, to motivate and engage people in working to make substantive change around issues and systems that uh, are not working for them. Um, and then the last area is, uh, is activity that nurtures or, or heals. Uh, so this might be, again, it uh, nurtures or heals people, uh, people themselves individually uh, or uh, communities as a whole. Uh, there was a lovely piece written 10 years after uh, 9-11 uh, in the New York Times talking about the fact that though it hadn't been planned, um, probably the most restorative artwork that happened um, was the creation, was the uh, realization of Christo's Gates in Central Park, uh, something which was not planned as a direct response to 9-11, but when it finally occurred several years later, um, really created the place um, of hope and catharsis and connection um, that was um, in brilliant orange, no less, that was exactly what the city needed. Uh, so um, we can think about it that way as well. Um, and uh, without wanting to go on too long, uh, I think I'll just raise that um, artists in all disciplines and organizations are active in this work of community connecting, community building. Uh, so you might find the example in Minneapolis of a, a project to plan a major greenway moving through the city uh, where artists from different backgrounds and cultures and disciplines were engaged to reach citizens who would not normally be a part of public planning process uh, to ask them questions and to give themselves a chance to express themselves about safety and what um, gave safety in their lives, what represented a sense of safe, safeness and safe space, um, and brought and, and, and created ways to bring those voices into that public planning process. Uh, it might be an example in Flint, Michigan. Uh, recently, uh, Flint, Michigan had a series of uh, fires in abandoned homes and lots all over the city, often two and three in one night. Um, and most people knew what was going on. It was people who were frustrated that the fire department's uh, resources had been cut, and they were making a statement about those cuts by creating a situation where the fire department could not respond to all the fires at one time. And a theater company 
uh, did a lot of work to do documentary theater work, interviewing lots of people throughout the community about what was happening and created a piece that they presented in the most unusual of places throughout the city. Um, and it was the only opportunity, really, that the city had to begin to talk about what was happening, um, what to do about it, and to find a place to come together around the challenges that the actions were creating. Uh, so um, uh, one last example, perhaps, in the visual arts uh, is um, a project some time ago in Boise, Idaho, called uh, Portals Portalis. It was a project that was uh, emanated from an installation at the Art Gallery at Boise State University, but um, involved a lot of community collaboration. And it was an exhibition, an installation, uh, really, that allowed people to come in um, and uh, think about uh, who was in the community and especially an opportunity to look at the um, more recent immigration of Latino and Hispanic community members uh, and as people moved through and found uh, common uh, items in a sort of house uh, that was created full of rooms, they had the opportunity to ask some and answer some questions about what they left behind to be a part of the community and what they brought to contribute to the community. Um, and that exhibition and all of the activity that went on around it again uh, created an opportunity and a space uh, for people to talk with, uh, directly think about and hear from um, all kinds of people, new and old, in that community, many of whom had the bond of having left some, somewhere to come to Boise. And um, I think uh, that I should just stop there and um, and hope that that suffices for a uh, an intro, because uh, I really want you to hear from Marty. Barbara, that's terrific. Thank you so much. Um, you clearly have uh, a massive amount of um, amazing examples to draw from. I heard art being used for, for protests in communities, to heal wounds, for storytelling and collecting cultural history. It's, I, um, I think, think there's a huge wealth of information in there for all of us on the call. Um, I hope everyone that's listening in is um, is gearing up to ask some really rich questions. Uh, please do put them in the Google Doc so that we can call on you and so you can get your specific questions answered by Marty and Barbara. Um, with that, I will hand over to Marty to, to give an introduction as well. Um, hey. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you very much, Sonia Rebecca and Orton Foundation, and hi, hi everybody. Uh, so... Uh, the project I've been working uh, on in Portland, Maine for the last five years is in uh, partnership with the city of Portland, and it's called Art at Work, and it's, uh, I'll just say three things about it in general and then uh, mention some of the projects. Uh, more specifically, it's, a, it's an outcome-driven initiative, it's a national initiative to improve municipal government and communities through direct creative engagement. And it is being that we're embedded, and I'm embedded in the municipal government, I'm actually, have for the last five years, my office is in City Hall. I am on the city manager's staff. Uh, that's in Portland, the form of government, that's who runs the city. And so my salary is uh, is, is provided by grants 
you know, fundraising that I do. And then the city pays for benefits and retirement and health insurance and for all the costs kind of of having an office there and project money I raised, um, again, uh, separately. And it was conceived, the art at work was conceived in, as a way of responding to the kind of increasing social and economic challenges around the country in cities and towns and kind of this, these challenges increasing kind of as bigger and bigger thing breaks, bigger and bigger things break and break open, uh, trying to think of how to help give resource to a very stable kind of institutions around the country. And so I settled on municipal government as as that, as kind of the best bet. And the resource that I wanted to offer and help them develop in their own unique ways was actually art and art making and creative engagement and have that become a tool in their tool bag as they try to solve these and really turn crises into opportunities when possible and increase the odds that they could. So um, the, the project on the website has a lot of great information. It's art at work projects.us. And uh, some of the projects, I'll just say one or two sentences help them to, to give a sense of what it is. is uh, first, uh, the project is designed, initiative is designed, so first you identify one would identify kind of uh, impressive challenges that are going on. So when I got to Portland, uh, the police department had extremely low morale, and uh, that's obviously a very expensive problem for a city and a community to have in a police department. Uh, it took a year, but we ended up doing two years of what, you know, the police, a police poetry and photography calendar, and it received um, international and national coverage, including CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, and it uh, also included it was a high-quality product that very much made a difference um, to achieving its goals, which was to raise morale, among other things. And then there was an in-depth evaluation, which taught me with the officers that were involved, and that taught me how to kind of begin with the help of um, actually Barbara and Pam at Animating Democracy and Chris Dwyer. It, it showed me how to use evaluation, how to design an evaluation that actually drives project goals. Um, uh, another project was called Forest City Times. Obviously, if you're trying to start an initiative that causes municipal workers and staff and union members to think of art as a way and creative engagement as a way of addressing problems, uh, at some point you will want to see evidence that they have initiated their own project. Um, there's many examples of this now. After the first two years, it started happening. But one in particular um, is called Forest City Time, uh, which was uh, a police... A, 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 a parallel performance, two performances in one of um, police officers talking about their lives and their work um, on stage uh, in their own text uh, that I edited from interviews and workshops with them. And uh, alongside that was a performance by African-born immigrant refugee students. And this production, Forest City Times, was uh, instigated by the police chief who called me and asked me if I would write and direct a play with the police officers for high school students as a way of trying to get uh, impact, to affect uh, the police head um, 
shot and killed a, a young Sudanese man in his mid-20s, David Okot, and he had been armed and at this point in the community... I'm, sorry, you're supposed to mute your mute your call there. So, um, and so at this point, the youth, uh, both the uh, immigrant refugee youth were throwing rocks and bottles, not just at police cars, but at... Uh, workers other than the police that, you know, parts people and recreation people and the public service people. So all this is going to should probably mute their, mute their phones. Is everyone hearing the feedback? We are. Um, if you've just joined the call, can you please make, make sure you put yourself on mute um, so that we can hear Marty's presentation? Thanks. Oh, great. So a year after that project, it was a little over a year ago, youth are still, we did it for over half the high school students in Portland. It was a total game changer in the culture. It really raised the students' expectation of the police officers and actually put the police officers in what they felt was an extremely vulnerable and exposed position in relationship to the high school students, which is very powerful. It had a very deep effect on both, uh, both communities. And even a year now later, uh, the police officers who were and were not in the performance are still being approached by um, high school students and cousins and family members um, for discussions that never had happened really before. Uh, another project is called Public Works. There's a high incidence of discrimination lawsuits based on racial discrimination uh, within the city workforce in the public service department. And so um, the project that was designed included storytelling workshops about heritage uh, among the cross-section of public service employees and then the carving of uh, objects of their heritage and stories of their heritage and work implements and then printing, making prints of those carvings that now hang around the garages and the offices and about one's heritage. So really raise people's awareness, uh, kind of deconstruct the notion of whiteness at the same time, increase awareness about, you know, German heritage, Russian heritage, Irish, Jewish, Israeli, whatever heritage. Um, then quickly, uh, a neighborhood association capacity building project which is the first project that really doesn't directly involve municipal workers and municipal unions. And uh, that's the one that uh, Art at Work uh, received the NEA Art Town Award for. And we're working with four neighborhood associations, none of which have diversity within their membership, and so that they can more accurately reflect um, the actual diversity of their residents in that neighborhood, but also increase their membership substantially. That's a year-long project. And then Portland Works um, is a project where trying to offer the city leadership and community leadership, the grassroots leadership really in the community, uh, uh, help them form a new net network to, uh, again, better be able to address the challenges. So the city managers in that the, one of the leaders here in Occupy Maine is in it, um, one of the founders here in the Portland chapter of NAACP uh, from the Sudanese Association. So we've got a very unusual and diverse group pulled together. Some of the city union workers are in it. They're, they've never been in this situation with the management and vice versa. And so those are kind of a broad kind of sweep of some of the projects. Um, and then uh, two more things before... Uh, uh, shutting up and moving to everybody else's. We actually, uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts, we, we 
have two official partner cities now, Providence, Rhode Island, and Holyoke, Massachusetts. Um, Holyoke has already started, and Providence will be starting in the fall of 2012. And then Northampton is close to uh, signing as is Pine Lake, Georgia, outside of that region. And uh, I think that's kind of, I mean, you know, obviously there's a thousand stories, but I will say that the five outcomes that I present to people as being, uh, and these are on the on the website in one of our, our digital stories there, that I say, you know, when people make art, these five things can reliably uh, be documented, and these are the things that make this such a powerful tool to have in any situation, but very much as municipal government. And that is, it taps into people's flexible intelligence, uh, people actually are able much better able to remember or more likely to remember their connections with each other. There is a, a kind of tangible sense of hopefulness. Uh, people are able to hold, have a greater ability to hold contradictions, their own and others, and able to take the risk that actually leads to inspired and innovative solutions. So, there you go. Thanks, Marty. That's um a really great list to finish your introduction on. Um, I think there's uh, a couple of really interesting points in there. That this idea of um, using art to help communities um, have a, a greater level of objectivity is really interesting. And I think you've both touched on um, this idea of using art to bring elements of a community together. I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little more about specific projects where, where you've used that where there might be conflict or um, or differing points of view. Is there something that you can speak to on that? Uh, are you talking to Marty? Yeah. Uh, you mean something just more about, say, that production that... Is there is there a project that you've worked in that's really been focused on helping people sort of share... Um, share a vision together um, and really overcome some challenge in their community? Yeah, I mean, the four, the four city times with the police workshop, that was quite clear. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, the police force is not used to having those kinds of workshops, even though they do have a fairly progressive system of debriefing and kind of some version of counseling after some of the trauma that they go through in terms of their work, but this was something very different. And um, and so I think uh, knowing when not to introduce uh, actual art making, but to figure out how to get close to that and then when you can actually introduce it. One of the things I've learned uh, mostly in working with the communities and the neighborhoods is how frightening making art is to many people, how scary it is. And someone at one of the community, the neighborhood groups last night said, I dread and look forward to this every month. And uh, a lot of a lot of people commented in the final go round at the end of the, the meeting to the workshop that that spoke for themselves. And people say, you know, this is so scary. And the city manager said the first time he came, you know, this is way way beyond my comfort level. And uh, That's and so it's been challenging for me to figure out I have overstepped comfort level, you know, a lot of times and lost people and you know. Um, it's very different with each group, but those are, you know, that, that's, I think, one of the biggest takeaways I want to just like what, what I'm really asking people to do and how mm-hmm. to 
you know, these are police officers. They, in, in fact, to the police, they are used to risk. They are used to risking their lives in very kind of real and tangible ways. And yet, to write poetry and to create poetry, um, I mean, not all of us who do that kind of thing would get it, but uh, was asking them for an equal path, but internal rather than external. And mm-hmm. uh, the second year, we did it two years, uh, and the second year, over twice as many officers uh, agreed to uh, to do it, volunteered to do it, and uh, we said once they realized that they didn't kill them, the first group uh, more were willing to try it. That's fascinating, and it kind of it speaks to a little to this first question that we have in the Google Doc, and I'm seeing a bunch of people write in some more questions there, which is great. Uh, don't forget to put your name in so that I can call on you because I'm sure you guys have very specific questions and your own projects that you're working on. I'd love to hear um, some examples as well, and I'm sure you'd love to get Marty and, and Barbara's feedback on them. Um, but to, to continue uh, on this train of thought, um, and Barbara, maybe you can chime in on this one. Um, the question here is how do you decide on a specific medium for an arts project in a community? And I think... Marty, building on what you were saying around uh, knowing when to bring art in and knowing when to kind of push the boundaries a little with people, how how do you make a decision about what medium to use with a particular community? I try to, uh, I, we're working with people who don't identify as artists, which is what this project kind of necessitates, even though professional artists do work with me on all these projects. Um, so professional poets come in, you know, published poets professional illustrators and artists and visual artists come in and uh, do the project. But I, I try to choose mediums that are uh, have a lower skill entry but have high payoff. So, you know, soap carvings and potatoes, and a lot of people have carved potatoes in school and elementary school made shapes. And so that was something that I assumed that people had some familiarity with. And also they were in public service, so they were used to working with a hand. Um, so that seems to make sense. It also allowed people to take photographs from home and actually trace them out and carve from there. Um, for the poetry, uh, you know, that's in all of us. And so it was convincing there's a lot of anti-gay, you know, oppression and, 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 and fear going on and homophobia, obviously, about connected to poetry for, police, for the general public. Um, and uh, that was very real to contend with. And uh, and just knowing that that would be an issue was helpful. So I, uh, but I I explained to them. I actually wrote a poem that was on the wall that talked about that the poets and police have to observe, have to see what's around them. They have to take particular note of detail. They have to both take risks. I I wrote a poem that pointed out a lot of the similarities. That they have to have courage to look inside and look outside. That they have to make a decision to go forward when they don't know what's ahead. So that was helpful. Um, I chose singing for one of our neighborhood groups. We have four workshops every month with a different neighborhood. And it's the same art form each time. So one month it was singing. And one group went, when they heard it was going to be singing, choral singing, they went from, uh, and the, the topic was leadership and fellowship, right? So that kind of made sense, like, what art form would best help people kind of get a handle on leadership and fellowship and oral singing seemed a good one. And we went from 28 people attending to six that month. And, you know, another neighborhood three days later had quite the opposite. 
but twice as many people came, right? Uh, because it was singing. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's like, now one was history of the neighborhood from dinosaurs till now, and that was poetry, so everybody wrote poems. A lot of this is on our website and on our Facebook pages. Uh, as well, you can kind of search for the meeting place is the name of the project. You can read some of the people's poems, videos on the website. So, I don't know if that was, that's some answer about how to think about it. But, uh, it's, uh, I also learned that if you ask people, do they make art, isn't really a good question. It has a lot of class associations for most people, especially for people in government. So, um, I started asking people if they had hobbies, and then they would talk about ways that they are already being creative. Uh, this is Barbara, That's and it. I would just uh, add to that that I think um, sometimes there's uh, – first of all, many artists really know how to bring people into um, what what might feel a little alien to others and are good at that. Some artists are honestly oblivious to the fact that people don't get in a circle and dance every day. Um, and so it, it really takes that sensitivity, and I think there's a good question. I think um, one of the thoughts that I have for folks that are you know, beginning to organize in their communities is to really bring together artists in the community and give them an idea to uh, talk about the kinds of ideas they've had for uh, addressing spaces, places, issues, connecting people, um, and vice versa, bring them together um, toward very particular projects and get a variety of ideas. Um, I think what's not a great idea is assuming a mural will do it. Um, you know, we've got this space, let's get a mural. Uh, murals are great and have a place, and that's a good thing sometimes. Um, but the uh, it, what Marty is is an animator. She looks at the situation and um, identifies all the possible resources that could come together for that. Uh, so. Um, we have a, a toolkit that um, can help provide a frame for community groups and artists to come together uh, to begin to think about the issue they want to address and what the artistic resources of that community really are that can really help and apply. Uh, so I think that that's um, an opportunity. The opportunity is there to imagine what could be and how to use different art forms. Um, but community assets is one measure, is one, one way into that. And Barbara, can you talk a little about what's in that toolkit? What what, uh, the, what can people expect? Our toolkit was designed as something that could help um, artists and community groups come together to think about how the arts might be applied to a community engagement, civic engagement, um, civic dialogue kind of uh, need. And so it's designed literally to imagine sitting down together with worksheets that will uh, give you all the right questions to ask one another and the right uh, avenues to explore. It's designed so that they're writable PDFs that you can use in your community meetings and then start all over again um, the next time. Uh, so it, it takes you through the PAT process, which we call Imagine, Define, Design, um, with the idea that you should start by the, the biggest picture, imagining what could be, what you might want, what you're going for, um, defining who needs to be, really getting the stakeholders in that thing together um, and don't do the design of the project without really engaging the stakeholders first. So that may be the artist. It may be the – if you want to do something about homeless issues but you haven't really engaged the people who are working every day on homeless issues in your community, um, you may have a great project but it may not move the dime. 
in terms of what that is. If you are, you know, doing community redevelopment but you haven't connected to the business owners that are right there, uh, then that neighborhood development is not going to really work. So it's actually, yeah, good. I, what I'd love to do now is just open up to anyone on the call who might have a specific project that they'd like to get some feedback on or ask Marty and Barbara some specific questions. Is there anyone out there that feels like sharing a story about what they're working on? Feel free to jump off mute and stop talking. Uh, and if not, we'll just keep on going. But feel free to throw a question down into the Google Doc if, if something does come up. Um, but can I ask a question? Do we have our participant from Portsmouth, New Hampshire on the phone? I'm here. Yes. <laughs> Portsmouth is, is a community that is infamous, really, nationally, for both its uh, array of community arts projects that have evolved and developed over the years and for its community dialogue. And I wondered if you had some something to share with us, perhaps, about your experience in Portsmouth. Can you hear me? Am I off mute? <laughs> I can't tell from Yes, you are. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, Portsmouth has been engaged in community dialogues for many years now, and the arts have been used very, very little, actually, as part of that dialogue process. So I was fascinated, actually, to see what other people could share with me so that we could bring that really into our dialogue process. We're very, very active in the process, but not as far as using the arts for that. Um, what I've been involved with for the last five years has been um, part of what we've been doing in the community is working on sustainability. And so we've had an art show, Art from Recycled Materials, in the Portsmouth mm -hmm. Library for the past five years. And, it, and we've just really invited anyone from the community. It's not a juried show. It's, everyone is welcome to participate and to just bring um, with them and to show people what they can do with materials, everyday materials that they find that they don't think of in terms of being art materials because people think, oh, you have to go to the art store and buy specific materials to do art. So we're trying to encourage people to think about what is in your everyday life, what is right around you that you can work with to look at in a different way and to think about what would make art and how to engage people in the process of making art by looking at everyday objects. And so that's what we've been um, doing, and that's going to happen again this year in the month of May, for the entire month of May, at our library. And um, so it's been exciting, but it hasn't been... Uh, it hasn't been that interactive. It's just been people mm -hmm. bringing their work in and encouraging others to to think about that. But I would like to look at look a lot more at what we can be doing through the arts to bring people into into dialogue and engage people. And the people who have been participating in dialogue over the years, I don't feel we're reaching out to those people in the community who normally don't speak. They still okay. aren't speaking. <laughs> So I'd like to see more participation on the parts of others in the community. And I'd love to see that happen through the arts. That's great. Uh, uh, Barbara, uh, just speaking back, um, it's funny because um, uh, Portsmouth has a great reputation around the country in terms of the arts, in terms of a wide set of projects, including a shipyard project that mm -hmm. Uh, it, that through dance allowed people to talk about the uh, meaning of having a, a naval, in fact, a nuclear submarine uh, shipyard in the community uh, and um, what it meant to fight for its survival. 
when uh, bases were being cut, um, and a series of other activities, um, um, and, and known for a lot of artists who are based there that um, I think could really help you think through some projects that would engage new people in conversation. Um, so if I were you, I would really be starting by really reaching out to the artists and talking with them about the challenge you're trying to meet um, and beginning to hear where their ideas might be. Yes, when Liz Lerner came up and did that project with the shipyard, it was wonderful. It really was a wonderful project. It was years ago, though, at this point. It was years ago, sorry. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a, a opportunity there for people to identify potential partners. Um, and I'm hearing um, that in Portsmouth, you're working with the local library, uh, and it sounds like there's a need to get the artist engaged really early. Is there anyone else um, that that you guys would recommend as good partners or, or good starting points to broaden engagement to these kinds of projects? Barbara, do you want to take that? Uh, I was gonna, I was interested to hear what Marty would say. Um, I, again, I would um, uh, very often for projects like that, a lot of people will um, will start with the schools because the schools are a place where a broader array of community is often represented. Um, and for students through their parents. So where there are uh, connections to curriculum, where community projects can be folded into curriculum work that's being done in the schools, um, that is often a place, um, uh, places where there's intergenerational activity happening, um, which uh, may be senior or community centers, but um, uh, I like the fact that you were working in a library. Um, uh, I thought that that was a, a great kind of a situation, and sometimes the libraries, um, but sometimes the libraries are kind of closed in. So the question is, how do you build community around uh, or connect to the neighborhoods where those libraries might be? Um, we have also um, found some unlikely kinds of uh, partners when we get into sort of professional associations um, and so on. So if you're working on a health issue, it might be through the networks of medical professionals, social workers, uh, and so on that might be your best partners. They're dealing with the issues every day um, and may be motivated and may have uh, connections into the community. So it's, it's pairing the artists and the creative resources with those more particular groups that already have reach um, into communities that can be very effective. Uh, religious communities is also another frame. Um, and community organizing would always move in that direction, but the connection that doesn't happen is the connection between the folks dealing with the issues, the folks trying to make change, and the artists to look at new ways to engage. That's great. Muddy, do you want to follow up on that one? Sorry, I was on mute. No, no, that's good. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, so one of the things that we've started doing here um, with uh, with these calls is providing the opportunity for people to uh, call back in two weeks um, to join in a, a, a deeper conversation where we really specifically talk about your project. And we've got Rebecca Sanborn on Sanborn's phone on the line to, from the Orton Family Foundation to tell you a little bit more about that. Um, Rebecca, do you want to... Say a little. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just take a minute. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, as Bonnie mentioned, we're doing a little bit of an experiment this spring, and if you've joined any of our past calls, you may have heard about this. But we've found these conference calls are a great way to have a conversation like the one we're having today. 
to learn a bit from some experts and practitioners like Barbara and Marty. But a lot of you are actually working on projects on the ground or looking to start doing that, and you need an opportunity to just go deeper. So we've started offering pairs of calls. We have a first one like the one today about art, and two weeks later we'll follow up with an opportunity for a smaller group of you to get back on the line and talk about work you're actually doing on the ground. It's a chance to get questions to all the nuts and bolts problems you're you're facing right now, um, to share what you're doing with other people who might learn from you or might get connected and offer ideas and resources on an ongoing basis. We don't really know where these groups are going to go in the long run. Again, it is an experiment. We've done a couple, and the groups so far have been really interested in being connected in some form. Um, One wanted to start a Facebook group. A couple wanted to just have ongoing calls. So I'll be sending around information about that when I send around follow-up to this. Stay tuned if you are doing arts work on the ground or you really want to start, and we'd love to have you on the line in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Becca. So everyone, uh, stay tuned. You'll get, get an update on that when Rebecca sends out the, um, the follow-up from the call. Um, so what we normally do um, to, to wrap these calls up, we've got about 15 minutes left, um, and what we normally do is uh, talk about specific actions that, that people can take to get started. Um, and so Marty and Barbara, I'd, I'd love for you to share some, some key actions and maybe a um, a specific story or an example where you've seen these put into practice. So uh, if you're, if, if people are just starting out with a new project um, or, or have a project that they've been working on, what are some, some ideas that they can maybe take away and implement tomorrow or in the next week? Um, and, and please do share um, a specific story or anecdote to go along with that. Uh, I, I, I will say uh, it's a perspective, and that is that it's, it's hard, it's challenging. Most of us need to know that we're wanted, or at least uh, not unwanted. And I, I want to offer the perspective that that can actually be put aside in some ways, and one can take a broader perspective that, Everyone does want to make art. Everyone does want to be uh, a part of something, and we may or may not figure out what that is at any particular time, but that knowing that ultimately that is accurate and true, that one can put one can put oneself uh, where there's not much of an overwhelm, um, certainly my going into any of the municipal agencies uh, into the own department I was in, the city manager's department, and for the police and the public services, there was no welcome for quite a while. And uh, and to just kind of be steadfast and notice their culture and notice connections and, you know, have a sense of humor. And, uh, and I think that makes a big difference in terms of getting any project kind of moved forward in a general way, but also certainly in working in a community where art really does offer a, a promise and a risk. That's terrific. And uh, Barbara, any any key actions, ideas people can take? Uh, I, I think one thing that I'll say is that the projects that I love best um, are the projects that are um, 
offering uh, more than one thing, uh, and so uh, that are that are working at a number of levels. And so th- those are the projects that are, um, you know, at once allowing community members to express themselves and find uh, the opportunity of the creative um, as a way of uh, putting their voice out into the community um, at the same time that they are creating places and spaces where uh, education is happening, better information is getting out, people are learning more, at the same time that um, people that perhaps have not met together or worked together before are beginning to do that. And I'll actually go back to an older story um, as, as one of the ones that I want to leave you with. Um, in Flint, Michigan, uh, before the Embers Project, uh, there was a project around um, a children's theater that wanted to produce a work uh, after the Columbine incident. Uh, they wanted to address school violence, uh, and to begin their work, they brought together five different groups in the community that were all working on issues around school violence in one way or another but had never met before um, and had never had action. And they used that group as a steering committee uh, for their project, the play, which they wanted to do um, as something to bring these issues up with the school-based population, uh, including teachers, administrators, and parents and students. Uh, the play was uh, successful in its work um, and happened under um, particularly difficult cir- circumstances. But what lasted was the coalition that they created as the advisory group. And that coalition was more... Um, more powerful and able to achieve more in terms of making shifts and changes uh, than either the play by itself nor any of the individual groups by themselves. So the fact that the play was that catalyst for bringing different parts and groups in the community together was very important. Um, and so um, at the same time, I want to say that it's also fabulous when the uh, opportunity is there for artists to create great work and to be known as active and um, members of their community. And so uh, that th- those things, when all of the parts of the people that have a stake in something are coming together, those are, the, those are the projects that are best, that live a long time in the community, and that really make a difference. Um, and I wanted to really, just... I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just going to jump in there. That's a really interesting point around um, considering both your participants in the project, but also the audience for the project. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you can talk about? We've got a few more minutes. Is that something you can talk a little more on? Um, or have you seen it work in practice really well? Uh, it, it works in so many ways. Sometimes when arts projects are created, um, the, the play ultimately becomes the thing, the exhibition, and the, the juice run, runs into the creation of work. But the community is really ready for conversation at the end of that. <laughs> um, once they've seen the work and participated in the exhibition, that's when they're really ready to go. And so you really need to be ready for the next chapter um, of what your work can produce. And I think Marty's stories. Um, really helped to illustrate that. The, again, the notion of not just the it, but the what, what's going to happen as a result of it, and what can you do then? What's the new platform um, for work and driving something uh, to really happen uh, better? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and I, I thought I would leave you with a more current story uh, and also direct people to uh, the Community Foundation of Broward County, Florida, has just announced, so this is untested work, a $2.5 million initiative 
to support unique and bold projects over the next five years that will increase a sense of community through collaborative projects that utilize the arts to make an impact on issues of public concern. Uh, they are working from data that um, they really wanted to see more bonding and connecting in a community where people don't feel included, um, and they've devised a project that they will be investing in, monitoring, and evaluating over the next five years. It's called the Art of Community Challenge, and you can find that on their website. Um, I have three things, too. Uh, do you have time? Uh, we do, Marty. You're just cutting out a little bit. Um, if you're able yeah, to speak a little closer to the phone. Okay, it's right. It's right here. Am I still cutting out? Oh, that's out? much better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how many artists are on the call, but I do think that for anyone, uh, a very important part is to keep the bar high. Um, that to keep the expectations high of the partners and. Um, that's one of the things that the poets said they really learned from that calendar project was they they were lowering their expectations of the officers and it really made a huge difference when they didn't. And to uh, in terms of taking action to uh, to move it's fun to move forward by asking questions and that uh you can, it's art is such an unusual terrain, such a new terrain for most of these community and civic engagement projects that people really are able to have conversations they can have in no other context. It's just a different way of people being together and different, you know, conversations can occur. So I would encourage everyone to be bold and imaginative and where their interest lies in just starting by asking people questions about anything. You can get, you know, you can have an interview uh, with all sorts of folks, and which leads to the third point, which is uh, considering evaluation as kind of a foundation in the design as a way of both gathering and enlisting uh, support and stakeholders, and also in, uh, rather than waiting till the end to kind of seeing what happens, actually instead of the beginning of the conversation about art with a focus on art or art making, begin the conversation about outcomes and what are goals that people want to see happen. And then as those conversations develop, bring in the idea and introduce the idea that art is art actually able to achieve some of these and you win uh, kind of intelligent support uh, and it surprises people when they realize it just might work in a way that they never would have thought of. But not start with kind of art in the front, start with outcomes at the beginning. That's, uh, again, a, a great input and great insight from Marty. You've obviously been at this for a long, long time with uh, a lot of really great projects under your belt. One final question, because we do have five minutes left, um, is uh, a question from, from me, actually. I'm, I'm really interested to know um, how or... Um, how you're thinking about incorporating new technologies into the work you're doing, um, whether you're using social media or um, any other types of mobile engagement um, in your work. Uh, for, for Marty? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we do, we do. We have Facebook pages for every one of the community projects, and we started a couple projects, Facebook pages with the city workers and just haven't had the capacity to, to develop it. Um, but I think it could be thrilling 
and it could be a real place. Uh, it would need to be, uh, there would need to be the capacity since it's a closed community municipal culture and it's a, it's a, a both, uh, it's a legal community. You know, there's a staff, employee and union relationship. Uh, it can get pretty exciting, but if I had more time, I would definitely explore that more. Uh, both as mm-hmm. a, a community builder and also as a place where people could be sharing more of what they're doing. There's a sanitation man uh, on the force that takes a picture with every day um, on his route. And uh, I haven't even met him yet, but, you know, he could be posting his photos on the Facebook page um, if we just made that, you know, made that connection. And I'm sure encourage other people to do the same. I'm sure it would. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Barbara, have you had any experience using any of the new technologies of social media? Uh, it's certainly being done. I would mention two things. One is um, uh, I know a lot of groups uh, in Community Matters have been involved in story work, um, and digital storytelling is a very important part of work being done in a lot of communities around particular pieces of history, around uh, background of who's in the community. Uh, digital story is very important. Um, the other thing that's happening a lot, and it's being evolved a lot around uh, public art and community mapping. Um, there are um, there's uh, some folks who have developed game technology to be involved in visioning and planning that can be done. There are folks that have been involved with um, using QR codes and other forms of um, mobile technology so that, uh, for instance, people can label and um, all they can take a picture, upload it to a, a map with a story about why that place in the community is important or an important person that lived there or an achievement of an extraordinary person or an ordinary person in the community, um, ways of creating uh, community archives uh, and, uh, and, and maps that are lively and, and very proactive um, public art tours where people can be commenting themselves on the work uh, lots of things where work is, uh, you know, uh, folks are, are are involved in really talking about what the work has meant to them, uh, doing their own cri- uh, art criticism um, in a very positive way that makes participation more democratic um, and very uh, multi-voiced. That's terrific. So, um I, I would like to say thank you to both of you for providing such a deep and varied insight into all the work that you've been involved in and um, to everyone on the call for, um, for sharing their insights and uh, listening, no doubt, attentively to everything that Barbara and Marty have to say today. Um, as Becca mentioned, um, there will be a second call available for people who would like to dig into their own personal subjects a little deeper. Um, and she'll send through the information in the follow-up email after this call. Um, and so with that, we, we also have our uh, very rich Google Doc full of information, notes, resources um, that we've been taking during the call. If anyone does have specific projects that they'd like to share, by all means, throw a link into that document. Um, any additional questions that you might have that didn't get answered on the call today, Please add them in as well, and uh, we'll make sure they get answered. And then that document, along with um, a recording of the call, will be available to anyone that would like to access it to re-listen or um, share with friends or people that you're working with. Um, so with that, uh, again, another big thanks to the folks of the Orton Family Foundation for making this possible. A huge thank you to Barbara and Marty, and uh, thank you to everyone that joined us on the call today. Um, 
Have a wonderful afternoon and hope you'll join us next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.